0: Radio. Hey, I want someone to come in here right now. I'm Jim Heard, and I got ideas.
1: All right, calm down, there, Jimmy. Calm down, there, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. What's uh, what, what are you, what are you saying there? Fella? I
0: want someone super cool to be at my cap, capital. I can't read that.
1: It's cap, capital combat cap, ninety. Capital That's... bat
0: ninety. I want someone cool.
1: Here. Yep. Okay, well, who'd you have in mind there, Jimmy? Superman. You you want you want Christopher Reeves and no, Capital Combat?
0: Oh, I want Superman.
1: Like the the real life, honest to God Superman,
0: Clark Kent, Superman.
1: Okay, I I don't think we can do that, Jimmy. He's not a real person. That's it's <sighs> gonna be difficult to do. We could, like I said, get someone to play Superman like Christopher Reeves. I mean, no, I want Batman then. Well, 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 again, Jimmy, I, I can see what Michael Keaton's doing, but I, I don't think His name...
0: That... Ah,
1: his name is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne Batman. Okay, look, listen, Jimmy, you're getting a little excited, okay? Batman's not a real person. He's played oh. by people like Michael Keaton and Adam West. We could probably get Adam West. He's not doing a whole lot right now. I don't want the people in the biopic. I want the real Batman. Okay, I, there's no, no, real, no real Batman, Jimmy. There's... You know, crime fighters—they don't come in suits like that. They—they—they're you're talking police officers, army people, the like.
0: Police officer, police officer. I want a police officer.
1: We we could do that. We could you know we could see who's a who, who's a, who's kind of a hero cop right now. We'll look. We'll go through the news and find out who a real hero is. That would be really good at Capital Combat, honoring a, a, a honest to god American hero. Robo Cop. Oh God, damn it, Jimmy! Look. We we, we 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 can't do RoboCop. RoboCop's a really violent movie. We can't send that kind of message to to kids and families. That's not the sort of thing we hear at WCW. I want RoboCop. It's uh, J- Jimmy. It's it's logistically difficult because uh, because RoboCop is set in the future. It's he hasn't been built yet. Obviously, RoboCop. RoboCop. Look. Jimmy, look. Okay, look, even the, the the capital combat that's that's being set. We're we're doing that in Washington D.C. RoboCop is set in Detroit. We can't do that. He wouldn't come all the way to Washington from Detroit if he's a police officer. He's got work to do. Jimmy, no, 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 no. No,
0: I want
1: RoboCop. <sighs> Can we get someone from Orion Pictures on the line for God's sake? Okay, now
0: send in the ding dongs.
1: I fucking quit.
2: You know when
0: I pick up a beat,
2: that's when I'm on some pressure now. The question always comes back to me what were they thinking?
0: up jerks oh wait that's not ours be nice to our listeners oh sorry what's up uh, gentlemen and ladies and and ladies
1: there you go that's right and i even said
0: and other whatever you right? however you you identify however you identify yourself welcome to this uh this here podcast It's called What Were They Thinking? I'm I'm adopting a southern vibe. Welcome all to this here podcast. It's called What Were
1: They Thinking? And gosh dang it, I'm Brendan. Well, shoot, it is WCW. I'm Nathan. I'm glad to talk about the NWA, Capital Combat '90: the return of Robocop. Well,
2: shoot,
3: Doc. I'm Junior Samples Junior. I mean, Ryan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn, you gave away your secret
3: identity there. (laughs) Oh, I won't be on Hee Haw the next generation. (laughs) Oh,
0: shoot. Uh, we are uh, we are ta- we usually talk about bad to questionable movies, but because it is it is March, it is uh, we are on the run up to WrestleMania. Uh, we do spend the first two weeks of March talking about a wrestling movie and a wrestling event. Last week, of course, we covered Suburban Commando. This week, we are covering, as Nathan said, WCW's Capital Combat 1990: The Return of RoboCop, and it's also the return of our guest from last week, Ryan Gilbert.
3: Hi. Thank you. Back again, talking about some wrestling-related stuff. This time, actually, wrestling. Let's talk about
0: some things. more wrestling.
3: Oh, uh, here we go. This is more of the wrestling. If you want a <laughs> pure definition of the stereotype caught in a JPEG, here you are. That,
1: well, it's, it's fair, because when I mean, everybody talks about wrestling, they're usually talking about Southern wrestling. So.
3: What's that Except guy's... for this one, wave after wave of Simpsons shirts. What's that, <laughs> what's that
1: wrestling guy's name again?
3: Oh, Jim Van Horn.
0: Can you imagine, like, Jim Van like, this played on, like, like in, in those days, for some reason, it was, like, live on uh, <laughs> on ESPN, and you go to the commercial <laughs> thing with Jim Van Orden, he's like, I'm sure you want to get back to your RoboCop and wrestling, <laughs> so here we go. Maybe then after, we'll talk
1: about some real sports. This wasn't the, the last time WCW would have dalliances with made-up characters that wouldn't actually wrestle. <clears throat> Chucky! <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yep. Well, 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 oh, that's on. A, I was gonna say
0: we cover that one day, but that was on a Nitro, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe one day we'll just cover that episode. Of Nitro. Oh, or we could just
1: talk about the most ridiculous movie involvements of you know uh, in, uh, in wrestling. Because we got Chucky, RoboCop. Uh, say the Muppets have hosted the Raw before. That was great.
0: Yeah. That was fantastic. So I you're just the you're just
1: remembering the Beaker moment. That's like I just, legitimately the best <laughs> moment of that night. That is
0: fun. I I just I'm I'm a sucker for the Muppets. The Muppets are doing mm-hmm. anything. I'm sold. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I, Muppets wrestling. They really have some fun connections with each other for their pure aesthetics of entertainment. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm sure it was a joy for a lot of the wrestlers to interact with the Muppets. I'm sure a lot of them watched the Muppets as as uh, children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um.
1: Guys, this is
0: Capital Combat
1: 1990, and I just want to say right off the bat. I know, it's it's Capital Combat 1990, the return of RoboCop. Right. You have to say the full title (laughs) like they do several times throughout the show.
0: I do want to say, though, just to start off, I never thought I would see this level of violence at the Capitol. (laughs) It it shocked me. I know. There were people climbing walls and cages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deplorable. Mm. Um, this uh, this event, Capital Combat, 1990, the Return of RoboCop. I did it. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. We start off, guys. We start off with the Armed Forces performing the Star Spangled Banner, a big uh, big celebration and uh, extravagant start to the show. It was
1: Joel, wasn't it? it was Independence Day weekend, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Was it? yeah
3: May 19th. May 19th. Oh, it was May
1: 19th. So Memorial Day. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, I kind
0: of wasn't surprised either because they were in Washington anyway, so mm. figured there'd be something like that. Yeah. Um, we meet our hosts for the evening uh, who will be selling their souls every time they talk about RoboCop, and that is Jim Ross <laughs> and uh, both legendary announcers, actually, Jim Ross yeah. and Bob Cottle, um, <laughs> which I got to say, right off the bat, I love the fact that Jim Ross is like going through the card and he has to utter the lines, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, RoboCop will be here. <laughs> <laughs> because folks, that's gonna be
3: the silliest thing i'm ever gonna do ever yeah, in yeah. my career never this gonna wear
0: it. a toga at a wrestlemania ever <laughs> i mean yeah it's it, it's a whole different kind of embarrassment but, but <coughs> <laughs> he did debut in a toga too let's not forget yeah. that there you go now not only did he make that appearance that was like this is the first that impression was first
1: show yep. <laughs> yeah um, we also but, get a uh we get we get uh our interviewer for the evening uh Emo Tony Giovanni
0: Yep, lots of he's eye got makeup.
1: So much eyeliner on. He looks like he's straight out of like he's, but he's got a suit. So he looks like uh, one of the guys from My Chemical Romance got dressed up to go to church. <laughs> that's what's he's,
0: he's wearing. More eyeliner than Nia Jax at that last pay per yeah. view. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Tony Schiavone is our interviewer for the evening. Jr. and Bob Cottle are our commentary team, and we start off with our with a six man tag team match. And guys, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this show off to a real depressed start because I did take <laughs> a dead wrestler tally. And oh boy, this opening match got us off to a large start because we mm-hmm. have Norman the Lunatic, aka the former Bastion Booger, yep. teaming up with the Road Warriors. Uh, to mm-hmm. face Bam Bam Bigelow, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan, the only two wrestlers, only two guys that are still with us. Yep. Um, also Oliver Humperdink is Bigelow's manager. Also <laughs> so, no longer with us. Yes. referee Randy Anderson also no longer with us. So it's it's a rough start. Um, Welcome to 1990 folks. <laughs> the Road Warriors have the least intimidating entrance ever. They're just, like, riding on the backs of two Yeah, other...
3: <laughs> they needed a puppet. Not to,
1: uh, I guess, not, not to appear misogynistic. No. But if I could yeah. take the parlance of the biker, they came in riding bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they come in riding on the back of two people actually riding motorcycles, which I'm like, yeah. why wouldn't you just have them riding motorcycles? Wouldn't that look way more badass like it they're would. supposed to look? Yeah. Are they? Do they just do? Hawk and animals secretly
1: not know how to ride motorcycles. Well, like, they've they've ridden no. motorcycles at least in the the future from this. Yeah, because yeah, when weird, they
3: cause they learn, because maybe they thought we look bad. <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's how that's how this that's how we start,
0: and then we have ourselves a good old fashioned six man tag, and uh,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's
1: it's all just all big guy versus big guy. There's not a whole yeah. lot of technical stuff going on we do get some uh some fun um uh large guy athletic moves out of bam bam bigelow Mm -hmm. as we always uh do i would say we get the same out of mick foley but he is looking considerably much more svelte uh than anybody else might be you know used to as him as mankind or you know just plain old mick foley as he is these days Mm -hmm.
0: and mick foley murders himself for our, our entertainment in this match. Oh, yes.
3: Yeah, that was crazy, the amount of stuff he was taking his body through. so many crazy
0: bumps in this opening six-man tag team match. Like, he is <laughs> just going full tilt. I got to say, though, um, I thought this was a decent choice for an opener. It was yeah. really
1: good. Uh, there was uh, like the, the characters. I mean, because, I mean, is that, that era. The characters were fun to kind of watch. Uh, the story was good uh we did i did enjoy some of the commentary uh especially where they talked about bam bam bigelow being a a bounty hunter before he became a wrestler made me yeah. think of last week's missed opportunity right
0: bam bam bigelow
1: <laughs> and the undertaker hunting <laughs> for hulk hogan
3: oh that would <laughs> be pure bebop rock City right there it's not <laughs> to say it
1: couldn't happen because bigelow did do some movies there you go major pain yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> snake eater Three? three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Snake Eater I'm Three with Lorenzo Lamas. Look it up, folks. Yep. The first one was filmed in New Brunswick. Yep. Oh wow,
3: that's our major province pride right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: My other commentary, my other my commentary highlight is when Jim Ross was saying, like, you know, we, I, I'm told there are thousands of people outside waiting to get in. This crowd is still filing in. And I'm just like, yeah, AKA they're calling seat fellers right now to get this crowd looking bigger. <laughs> yep.
1: I thought it was a very—I know it was in D.C., but uh, the very a very southern thing uh, that this whole thing is done at the Armories. Mm. It's not an arena. It's not like a uh, yeah. It's not uh, you know, some stadium or anything like that. It was. It's a very big like callback to like that early wrestling scene where you know the big show is at the armories
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no it was it was yeah so i mean overall i think this is a pretty pretty decent opening match if we're gonna give it a rating out of five if we're gonna go with that with that dave meltzer star rating system um i would probably go three
1: yeah roughly yeah yeah, he said it's it's good middle of the road stuff it's it's a good thing to get the crowd pumped yeah uh but there's no there's no stakes no like, there's no title on the line there's no stipulation it's just a bunch of uh big guys getting rough with each other and not in any sort of homoerotic way oh <laughs> that's later right <laughs> um
0: so yeah, the match ends when Hawk uh pins um The fuck is his name? Kevin Sullivan with a clothesline off the top rope. And the match was nine minutes and 18 seconds. Next up, though, we have, (laughs) returning from last week's episode, Mean (laughs) Mark (laughs) and the dynamic dude himself, Johnny Ace. Oh, boy. Making his
3: last televised appearance.
0: Oh, until he got the best character makeover of all time. Because I will say that that whole John Laurinaitis thing, with CM Punk and John Cena and all that, I found that genuinely entertaining. I always found he sounded
1: like, uh,
0: people
3: power. Yeah. Like super Dave Osborne.
1: No, no. A lot of people say super Dave Osborne, but I was actually going to say, um, uh, uh, Jim Carrey's, uh, bodybuilding lady character from in living <laughs> color. Oh, uh, okay. Venus De Milo or whatever, or, or Vera whatever. De
0: Milo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, So Johnny Ace comes out without. Oh, Nathan! He didn't come out with his tag team partner. Right, he was Shane Douglas. No, Shane Douglas. So there's automatically this gets
1: this whole event gets a half extra star just for that. (laughs) But they do announce that Johnny Ace
0: hails from the city of sunshine.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, making his way toward the ring
2: from the city of sunshine, weighing two hundred and thirty-eight
1: pounds, Johnny Ace. (laughs) (laughs) Which, <laughs> <laughs> isn't he from, like, Minnesota, just like
0: his brother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think the character is supposed to be from, like, Venice Beach or Probably something. Probably California, because they were dynamic yeah. dudes on skateboards and blonde. Yes, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mean Mark is not the Undertaker. He's just a big, tough guy. Who um, loves Ozzy Osbourne, apparently.
0: And yeah, Snakes. his favorite
1: band.
0: Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> Jim Ross points out... Well, it turned. It, it seems that Main Mark likes uh, snakes and Ozzy Osbourne. What? A, he's a weird guy. <laughs> like, really? Is yeah. that how we're getting him over as a heel?
1: I just likes be like weird Jimmy, Just, just wait. Just wait a few years. That's gonna be seems so, so beige compared to other things that people get into.
0: Also, do you think Jake <laughs> Roberts was watching this and he's like, "Snakes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you, son of a bitch, <laughs> you steal my gimmick." Uh, Teddy Long is also out there uh, as the manager of Mean Mark. Yes, um,
1: <laughs> we I are introduced to the idea of the Slam Uh Meter. Which well, oh, is... that's that's at the end of the match. Yeah, yeah. But what was the funny that? thing, they made it sound like this thing was going to be
3: running throughout. Nope. Yeah, I was waiting for more Slam O Meters. Yep. Nope. One time, one, one time.
0: and done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Nathan, how would you explain the Slam O Meter?
1: Uh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, bullshit.
0: AKA, this is definitely something Jim Hurd thought of.
1: Right. Uh, basically, they, they take a, a high-impact move uh, from the match, uh, show it again in, in a slow-mo, as, as most uh, most of the times happens after a, a wrestling match, and uh, just assign some bullshit, pulled-out-of-the-air, Richter-scale-esque reading uh, to rate that slam. An eight point two on the SlamO meter. Yeah, they start they, they started uh, high really early. Yeah. So I mean, if this thing was going to go throughout, that thing should have been set at like what a six and a half, maybe a seven. I would
0: have loved to see like them continue it throughout the night, and then somebody hits like something shitty, and they're like, "Oh well, I guess it's only a three point eight on the SlamO meter. Better luck next time." Like
3: Michael Hayes throws a punch, and it's one.
0: Yeah. I would that would have been that would have been delightful actually. <laughs>
3: It looks
1: like during this match, there's a giant piss stain in the ring. This is a distinct, yeah. distinct possibility. There were yeah. there were six very large sweaty men yeah. in there before. Who's to say? Maybe somebody's muffler fell out. <laughs> it could be. Could be.
0: <laughs> um, Jim Ross does remark at one point that the best years are ahead of them for both wrestlers, and I was like, "Well, you're half right." Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: what all Japan well, isn't anything from like <laughs> that's it for Johnny Ace. <laughs>
0: There was also a line where he says, "Mean Mark turned around and there was Ace coming right in his face."
3: They should have played Ace of Base.
0: Oh, if only. <laughs> Not on the network, though.
3: No.
0: Um, the other, uh, the other thing is, they said uh, Mean Mark's hobby as a youngster was being a bully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what kind of man will be a bully as a youngster? That guy's, that guy's just a mean man. <laughs> With his snakes in his Aussie Osborne. <laughs> They also said at one point when Mean Mark, I believe, was like uh, rubbing Johnny Ace's face against the mat and said, he might be a skinhead by the end of the night.
1: Yes, I, I did find that. Uh, and then they called, uh, then, then Teddy Long was pretty close to being a skinhead. And I was like, well,
3: nope.
1: maybe not in the American sense, possibly in the British sense, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I don't think Teddy. Yeah, I don't think he'd uh, he'd be able to go undercover. Um, no. But Mark, see that, I can get into that whole thing about that that culture being appropriated by assholes. Just it was just supposed to be you know you know working class kids who uh, wore comfy boots and. And suspenders and and the high pants and listen to some really good music and then some assholes with 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 toothbrush mustaches decide oh no we're gonna make it about us we love screw you know, this is not this is not what were they punking this is what were they thinking so. <laughs> unfortunately they have taken it away
0: we'll up the punk someday nate i know <laughs> <laughs> they have taken it away along with that game where you would make a circle and some and then if someone looked at it you got to hit them that's ruined mm. too now so.
1: See, I, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I I think if people let it be ruined, then it gets ruined. I I if you just do it and uh see like, no man, this this is yeah. not what that's about. I, I just I just I don't think it's I it's not would... it's not too soon to take it back, is what I'm saying.
0: I, I just I just wouldn't want to get caught in a picture doing the symbol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so Undertaker or Mean Mark, sorry, Mean Mark wins with the most devastating finisher of all time, the Heart Punch. <laughs> and a he walks the ropes, guys. He walks the ropes and hits a flying elbow drop. Uh the match ends at ten this minutes. It's new school and, to him. He just it's the first time he did it. Yeah. New school. <laughs> first day of school. <laughs> uh ten minutes and forty seconds. What do you guys think out of five? Uh
1: honestly. Two and a half, maybe. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because hey, it's cool seeing Mark Calloway wrestle in a different style than like, he was so accustomed being the Undertaker. It was a cool novelty like that, but it's just a squash match. They could have been done three minutes. Yeah. Just, like, that slam-o-meter could have been ten at the at the end of it. I
1: I, I put forth that there were uh, more powerful slams in the opener that they yeah. could have used mm. that for uh, than for this thing. So,
0: yeah. So,
3: getting hit by a chair is nothing on the slam-o-meter. <laughs>
0: well, I... I mean, they should have they should they should have done it for just slams. So like, they should have rated it for like something that was like a clothesline and just put NA. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna say two and a half. Yeah, I probably go, I probably go a little bit lower. I would probably say a two because it was kind of
1: boring during think, this match a little I bit. I it only gets the half extra out of me just because, like Ryan said, you get to see pre Undertaker Mark Calloway. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nice that he's beating up. John Larnice. <laughs> it's true.
0: It's not a terrible. It could have been Shane
3: Douglas, I know. That would have been the ultimate for five out of five, That eight. would have been
1: a would 10 have been out five, of five stars. Five stars. The Undertaker would the shit out of Shane Douglas for any amount of time. Nathan would have literally chanted at
0: his T V that fight forever chant. <laughs> You're like, I hope I... this is the rest of the pay per view. I don't give a shit anymore about Robocop. Just keep beating up Shane Douglas.
1: <laughs> I, I would I would be pitching for it to be the main event. 90-minute Iron Man match <laughs> the, of the Undertaker just beating the
0: hell out of Shane Douglas. Well, guys, there's about 15 minutes left in this match. Maybe Shane Douglas can come back from this. He's 167 falls down.
3: What fans who turned Mean Mark into Nice Mark because of this match? <laughs> they almost did in
0: this match. I don't think the, the the crowd is not 100% behind Johnny Ace. By the way. Oh, um, uh, there's a reason why
1: this is probably one of his last televised.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the dynamic dudes as a tag team were pretty heavily booed. Although, this might make you even madder, Nathan. I'm pretty sure I read that Shane Douglas... This is just a rumor. But I think I read that Shane Douglas was supposed to do the job for Mean Mark and backed out, and this is when he left the company. So he basically refused a job to Mean Mark, something like it that. Does not surprise me. That does not surprise least. me either. No. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a there's also, uh, in addition to that, someone I was reading something where they said... Um, they might have intentionally. That's why they might have made the match more competitive, just to spite Shane Douglas, just to give Johnny Ace <laughs> more offense. It's like you could have had
3: this Shane.
0: <laughs> um. So we go backstage to Gordon Soley, and we gotta add another one to our dead count. Unfortunately,
1: I was I, I was unfortunate that he was not uh calling any of the uh, the matches because I would have loved to have heard him talk about Sue plays all night. I did enjoy him talking about RoboCop though in this scene. Yes, RoboCop. <laughs>
0: nothing happens here, but he does say like, "Yes, RoboCop will be coming up later with, of course, Sting and all the little stingers are looking forward to seeing RoboCop," and he just shills hard for like five minutes. I'm like, "God bless your soul, Gordon
1: Sully."
3: <laughs> but everyone.
1: Here's the thing: I don't, I don't think at least maybe for Sully, maybe even for Jr. That this sort of thing wasn't so far beyond the pale. I mean, we are talking about an industry with roots in the carnival scenes. And there have been legitimate, like, you know, wrestling bears at events. Even into things in, like, the 70s into the 80s. So, I mean, for them to be shilling for Robocop, I don't think it's too far beyond the pale.
0: It's just... I don't know. It adds an extra layer, I think, when you know it's a character from a movie that, like, <laughs> that a movie that's set in the future. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we next get a uh, quick uh, coked up interview with the Rock and Roll Express. Um, yeah. I do like this little thing I've noticed. I have only I only noticed it here, and I'm sure it happens a lot. But Robert Gibson, one of the Rock and Roll Express, when he when he finishes his promo while Ricky Morton is talking, he's doing I think his own promo in sign language afterwards because i think he had a brother or something that was deaf so i think the whole time after he does his like i think that's a genuine thing like he's doing yeah. his promo in I, sign language for his uh, deaf brother i believe i did not know that yeah or some relative that he had anyway i have to look that up um which i, I think any he, yeah he, he does it for his and then he kind of does it for ricky morton's too because i see him doing the like you know motions and everything mm-hmm. he might just be coke to the gills i don't know um <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next we come hey, to. Hey, you can't rule up both. <laughs> Next we come to. I think I don't know if you guys agree, but I think this was the worst match of the
1: night for me.
3: Oh my god, it yes. was.
1: It it did not hold my attention, and I think I even noted that uh, that this match is not holding my attention. Nope. Captain Mike Rotunda, his gimmick is that of a sea captain,
0: not a yep. tax man. Teaming with the sensational, electrifying, most charismatic man in sports entertainment, Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich <laughs> taking on the Samoan SWAT team, one of whom you may know as uh, modern-day fans Rikishi Fatu, mm-hmm. and the other one is the Samoan Savage, which I believe was Tama of the Islanders later on.
1: Yes, and it was su- actually it was apparently it was supposed to be Yokozuna Oh was supposed to be one of them. I just watched the uh, that icons. Episode with about Yokozuna, really, really good. And you, like, they came to tell us that then when they were putting together the Smo and SWAT team that Yoko was supposed to be one of them, but he hurt his foot or hurt his leg or something like that. And they obviously these guys it's a time sensitive call up, so they ended up being um, Toma and yeah, Rikishi. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, success wise, it worked out for him.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like well, I mean, but it's it's one of those things that he was really upset about because yeah. he missed out. I mean, you think about it, he missed out on getting into uh WCW or and even the WWF by a good what, you know, four or five years just because of that that setback.
0: Right. Then then he had to pretend to be from Japan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this tag team match is 17 minutes and 49 it's, seconds and that's long man. Is It is, and yeah. it is a nothing it's it's a nothing because there's no storyline here there's no history it's just throw these guys out there and have a tag team match which nowadays you rarely see that on a pay-per-view and if you there's do, a
1: lot of tag team matches on this pay-per-view there there is thankfully yeah. they're not all this match <laughs> yes there's
0: some really good ones. There are There's yes,
1: one. yes, there are some
0: very good ones. This was not one of them. No, but that's what I mean. Like I think nowadays if you did something like this as an eighteen minute match with absolutely no history between them on a pay per view, I don't think it would fly. No. Like no. you would it would def- be like
3: ten minutes at the most. At the if very you're just doing most. something for purely nothing.
0: Yeah, you might have a bonus match with our truth coming out and facing like whoever <laughs> and it was it's like four and a half minutes or something. Like, you never have something like that. For this. the 24-7 title. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I mean, this is a really boring match. There's a lot of nerve holds. There's a lot of sleepers and chin locks. And I, did, I, I got so bored during this match, I was doing other things at the time. I did hear that Teddy Long led the movement to get James Brown released from prison. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um... I kept writing down.
1: Ooh, good! A nerve hold will quicken the pace. Uh, we did, old Pee Wee, uh, the 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 ref uh, can't see shit. Uh-huh. No, no. He, he, he there's so many times, not even just in this match, uh, but in other matches too, where uh, you could tell he is out of place, or the wrestler was out of place, and the wrestler who's supposed to be cheating and not getting caught just didn't give a shit to look to
3: see if the ref could see what they were doing.
0: They also say that referee Randy Anderson will be soaking wet by the end of the match
3: <laughs> because of all the of my sweat. Right, oh my
0: God! Everybody's coming into this thing having just gone through a forty-five minute workout. <laughs> like it looks like everybody entering in the ring, and I'm like, did you already
1: have a match? Like, did they cut it off? Did, is this cut out of the tape? I think the funny thing about this, like you said, there's a lot of like the those nerve holds and and not not a lot of. Uh, You know, quick exchanges or uh, traditional type wrestling, which is weird because I think they do play up uh, Rotunda and and Tommy Rich both being like excelling at that type of wrestling, not just being brawlers. Mm -hmm. Uh And so you don't get that weird, that nice mix that you should get in a match like that, where you got a couple of guys who are a a technical team versus, you know, the Samoans who are going to just be straight out brawlers and they, they go with this snoozer of a match that goes on forever. It's so long. Apparently, in the two-hour tape, this is all, I think this is
0: either cut out completely or, like, two minutes long. Ryan, do okay. you remember? Because you
1: have the VHS, right?
3: It started with, actually, the VHS started with Teddy and, and the, the boxing match, actually. Oh, wow. wow so, so, like,
1: these, this first bunch were just cut off completely, eh?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, outside of that opening match, not a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, this match, and, and this match even kind of has a pretty shitty finish, too, because isn't, like, one of the Samoans comes off the top rope with, like, a double axe handle behind mm-hmm. behind uh, the referee's back on Tommy Rich, yeah. and then the other one just, like, falls on top and pins him?
1: Yeah, I actually have uh, a double-team chicanery.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a
1: one-star for me. Absolutely.
3: Yes. Yes. I would love to see a cool uh, clash of, like, contrast of styles between, Mm. like, technical and, and, like, heavy duty like, brawler and all that. But, like, snooze, like, stalling, so much stalling and nerve
0: holds. (laughs) I thought they were in Washington, not Memphis. Ah!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I did laugh when Jim Ross was talking about Tommy Rich. It's like his big highlight in his career, 10 years ago from this. (laughs) Mm.
0: Oh, when he won the world title for, like, a hiccup? For five days. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so next we go to an interview with the Steiners, to which I noted Scott Steiner was even crazy in
1: 1990. So confusing. Yeah. So what confusing. was he saying? I, I I couldn't even. It it was it was it was on. You could tell he was heading towards Steiner math. Yeah. Like if it someone was. had given him some numbers, that's what we would have gotten because it did not make a lick of sense.
4: We're gonna do whatever we have to do to win.
3: I'm sure that's true, Scotty. You know, Tony Tony's funny! When me and my brother were growing
1: up, we went through a lot together. And we were in college on the way to becoming All-Americans. We won a lot of matches together, but there was a few matches that we lost. But believe me, when it was time to wrestle the Steiner brothers, that line was very short.
4: But believe me, nobody's unbeatable and nobody's invincible. Doom, you want a match with us? Well, you're not going to
1: get one because we came to Washington DC to suplex you on your head. He came here to give you a clothesline. And when it's all said and done and the smoke's clear, you're going to be like everybody else. Beat up.
0: And like, it, it surprised me because he obviously, he doesn't look like he he did when he was at his like, you know, crazy peak. Right?
1: It's got me noted that... <laughs> Remember when Scott Steiner only sounded crazy?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: because he looked just like a, a, a very traditional type wrestler, big guy, uh, and big be- bullet. Yeah, and because they were going for like the for him and and um, Rick to be university graduates from you know Michigan, for them to be like you know doing that—that's that that's the, that character perfect, and then. Years down the road, you get Big Papa Pump, and you're like, "How do you go from being a, a collegiate wrestler uh, to being a chainmail-wearing guy talking about his uh, freaks and booty daddies?" And like oh man, a lot such of a money. Weird, weird well, career that guy's had. A lot of money, a lot of drugs. And, and and apparently, uh, uh, Shonies or whatever the hell it is he owns. Yeah, that's right.
3: He had a Shonies for a bit. <laughs> um,
1: every t-
0: by the way, every time I hear in this in at uh, this event, the Steiners and their University of Michigan, um, you know, they mentioned they're from the University of Michigan. I always think back to like Bobby Heenan commentating and saying like, "It's amateur punk stuff." And then somebody's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> He's like, "You don't get paid for it, do you?" It's amateur
1: punk stuff. <laughs> I actually. He might have actually used that on them because they were in Royal Rumble 93. It could have they been WrestleMania 9, in. too. Yeah. Because he was on and, the team uh, for that. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that he that actually has been used f- directly at them before. I think he used it for Roddy <laughs> Piper, too, because he was talking about the, the Golden
0: Gloves uh, boxing. Amateur and I think punk the, stuff. Yeah, amateur <laughs> punk stuff. You don't get paid for it. <laughs> I remember when I was champion, Gorilla. <laughs> uh so but you know better better promos more sensible promos aside um we have uh, the match of the night here uh <laughs> <laughs> going against all logic this is hair versus hair because right. they each barely have hair but it's paul ellering who uh i guess Recent fans might know uh, he managed uh, the Authors of Pain for a while. Yes. Um, but back in the day, right. he was, of course, the manager for the Road Warriors for many years. Um, and Paul Ellering is facing Theodore Long. Theodore Long comes out in full boxing gear. Uh, he calling
1: himself Sugar Ray Long. Uh. The, the ring announcer, by the way, is Missy Hyatt. For this one, not Gary Michael Capetta, like for the rest of them. Yeah, Gary Michael Capetta. And there's another guy, too. The, the announcers like switch off, I think. Oh, did they? I just figured it was. It wasn't Gary Michael competitive for this one because he was like, "No, I, I, I have dignity. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> wait till the, till the good matches start." This match
0: is one minute and fifty seven seconds. Thankfully, uh, Teddy Long comes out with a loaded boxing glove. He's got the international object in there. Paul Ellering simply <laughs> makes his comeback, takes it, wallops him with it, and pins him. One, two, three.
1: Yeah. And then they cut a little bit of his hair off.
0: Yeah, by like a celebrity hairdresser or something. And they
1: don't even shave the full head, they just cut no. a bit of
0: it off. Just just enough to make it embarrassing. Sure. I don't I, I don't even have a rating for this. It's it's not even a it's, match. It's, no, it's, yeah. it's a
3: segment. Yeah. yeah it's a,
1: yeah, segment
0: for sure. <laughs> it's a big ol' NA. Um next up we get a horseman
1: promo. Just like a clothesline on the Slammometer. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, four Horsemen show up and cut a pretty great promo. Um, Sid, Sid looks confused the entire time, though. Well, why? who decided to put him in a tux? Well, it's funny, because
3: <laughs> there was a moment where Flair is saying, like, half the brain, and Sid has this look on his face where he's in deep thought, and I'm thinking, it's like, half the brain. i got to use that later on.
0: <laughs> just, I can only get the phrasing right. Uh, just give me ten years to work on it. <laughs> yeah, and and... Exactly. Yeah, Sid looks really confused during this whole thing. But I mean Flair and Oli and Arn are doing all the talking, which is what it should be. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. so, again, Sid in a tuxedo looks really odd. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we finally get to some we, we get to some really good stuff here. We get started with some really good stuff. We got the the, the US tag team titles, not the WCW tag team titles, but the US ones. Uh, we have Brian Pillman and Tom Zank, RIP, defending them against the Midnight Express, accompanied by Jim Cornette. And Jim Cornette has to be in a little cage for the whole match.
1: Um, and he does not like that. No, no, he doesn't. At least they didn't suspend him over the, the ring like they did with Ellering in that shark gauge. Well, because he's genuinely scared
0: of heights as far as I know.
1: Is he? I'm pretty
0: uh-huh. sure he said that before. Like he's he's said that when they did that to him, he did it. But he said he was like shitting himself in the cage. <laughs> he's I'll do it for the business, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> but not if Vince Russo tells me to do it. Fuck. <laughs> um, they mentioned Jim Ross makes a, a a joke at one point that says Cornette was a mixed doubles champion. His partner right. was named Jack. Jack. Right, because he's a girl. You get it. You get it. <laughs> um, this is also this is actually a really long match, but it, it couldn't be any more opposite from that last one. That last tag this is match. A,
1: this is like a good kind of long match. It is man. There's so much, so many great back and forth exchanges that are crisp and yep. just spot on. I, I, honest to goodness, the first time I saw WCW as a kid. Uh, it would have been uh, one night after Saturday Night Live went off the air on NBC here, because uh, we got the, the main affiliate that would show WCW or Roller Games. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and I saw Flying Brian and Z-Man, and I was just absolutely taken by their stocks. I'd never really seen anything like that before, outside of maybe, like, the Rockers. Yeah. 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 Huh. So the, the instantly I I and and I am glad I don't misremember because this is some fantastic tag team wrestling.
0: Yep, the mm-hmm. Midnight Express, one of the best one of the best teams yeah. I think maybe ever. Uh, Pillman and Zank are doing amazing. There's lots of high spots. Mm-hmm. Great match. Um and then eventually it's it it kind of shocked me that Corn they didn't find some way to get Cornette involved even though he was in the right? cage. Yeah. That yeah.
1: was I I was 100% expecting some sort of like bust out or he hands them something from the cage sort of thing which I kind of liked in a way too because yeah, it kind of was like it kind of it like, was a good kind of surprise like you, yeah. you didn't you don't expect that sort of thing as soon as they introduce something where they're gonna bar somebody from participating in the match you know right away that a spot in that match is gonna be dedicated to that person somehow getting around being barred from ringside or or prevented from uh, interfering in the match. Well, I thought he was just going to hand them the tennis racket. Right? Right through the I bars. Mean, it's not like it
0: wouldn't fit through the bars. I, thought they, I oh. remember Jim Ross in this match is like, well, he won't be able to use that tennis racket. That's in the cage with him. And I'm like, Jim, he can slide that thing through the bars. It's not that big. <laughs> That'd be dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So there's some yeah. This match ends when uh, Stan Lane boots Tom Zink in the face, and uh, <laughs> Eaton Bobby Eaton rolls him up. Uh, Nineteen minutes and fifty two seconds. What do we think about we, this match, folks?
1: I honestly, honestly, uh, a four. Yeah, Uh yeah, it, it, It's it was nice to kind of relive this scene, this tag team again. Um, of course, Pillman doing those neck spots that he's const that he's famous for, any match he ever did, I can I can honestly think there's always at least two or three throat spots that he does. It's weird <laughs> that he had neck injuries, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and really, just uh, again to see these two two teams just kind of tear it down on. Honestly, it was uh, in the running for possibly night, a match of the night.
0: Yeah, it's it's up there for sure. Yeah. It's it's a four for me too, mm-hmm. uh, four out of five. But then guys. We we get what we came here for. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the legendary Gordon Soli is here to call it for us. Yep. Robocop is coming into the building, but the feet. Robocop cuts out. is coming
1: into the building. He is, he's here. <laughs> I wonder if he'll perform any magnificent soup plays.
0: I would have loved if Robocop hit someone with a soup play. <laughs> so my question actually and I think Ryan, I think you kinda checked this for me earlier because I asked you too. Is this Peter Weller?
3: Yes, it is. According to Jim Cornette that they got Peter Weller to do this. Uh, we were talking of like, why would they do it? WCW just having the cash. Peter Weller just like, I need the paycheck anyway because I'm RoboCop. I don't know. I-, I think it's ladder.
0: Yeah, I don't blame Peter Weller for doing it because i take the money to do it. But if you're WCW, why not just put anybody in that costume? <laughs> like, you could <laughs> literally put anyone in there.
3: Except Mike Rotunda.
0: <laughs> He's just sweating. Well, he would just rust, right? Yeah, all the tears would just start rusting up his suit. <laughs> uh But yeah, RoboCop. Well, Sting comes out first, and I. Here's the thing, too, about this whole segment, because they mentioned, you know, the return of RoboCop. So I get the idea that RoboCop is going to come out and save Sting. But like, what was the segment supposed to be? Because Sting just comes out to the ring. And then the horsemen attack him. Like, what was it going to be? Just a promo where he was like, hey, I'm Sting, hanging out with my best buddy Robocop.
1: Honestly, I, I, you know, it, that's honestly, it had to be. Because even, like, uh, throughout the show, they're talking about their next event, which is the return of Sting. And I'm like, isn't fucking Sting on this show? And then you come to realize, oh, no, he wasn't going to be wrestling. No. No. He's just no. he's just coming out with his, his best buddy his in the whole world, RoboCop. Buddy RoboCop. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been
0: great if in the middle of this, RoboCop suddenly turned to Sting and he was like, Criminal, put your hands up.
3: <laughs> just blast <laughs> What, him. I didn't do
1: anything? You've stolen every gimmick.
3: you. <laughs> hey, that's years later.
1: <laughs> RoboCop
0: can see the future. RoboCop lives in the future. <laughs> right? Because he's from the future
1: and from Detroit. <laughs> he knows about that Joker angle. <laughs> or at the very least the crow one
0: yeah so yeah sting gets attacked by the four horsemen they lock him in that cage that Cornet was in earlier but then robocop comes out <laughs> and very carefully takes the door off the hinges
1: oh no he first he, he bends the uh the rubber bars, which you can see are clearly gimmicked rubber bars and then when he's going to tear the the door off the hinges he opens the door from the other side (laughs) and they tried to like nonchalantly put it back into place so he can rip the door off the hinges
3: this is where Peter Weller was sweating bullets
0: (laughs) he literally lifts up yeah like you can see him
1: lifting it out of the out of the locks or whatever It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's some spot on Jim Hurd fuckery, I'll tell you that. And
2: ladies and gentlemen, the nation's number one
4: law enforcer, he serves the public trust, protects the innocent, upholds the law, the ultimate peace officer, Robocop! Great
1: ovation for Robocop as he makes his way to the ring. You'll be coming into our camera view here. Now the, wait a minute, the horsemen are already in. They just threw Sting in the cage. They just threw Sting in the cage that Cornette was in. Sting has been caged by the horsemen, but
3: here comes Robocop, Bob. Sid Vicious, Ole
4: Anderson, Arne Anderson, they all attacked him, threw him into the cage. What's he, but look at Robocop now as he's approaching. He is not. They're back,
3: they backing away from him. He's not intimidated, Bob. Robocop going right to the cage. This deal. you be a bucket of balls when we get down you. Whoa, gosh Almighty!
1: He's pulling that door right off the hinges. Oh. Woohoo! What strength oh, by Robocop!
2: Oh. And then you want a piece
0: of him, Horseman? This whole thing is like two minutes long. Like this is what they <laughs> did the Robocop spot for. And I think they mentioned during this segment about RoboCop two coming soon. So make sure you go
1: see that rated R movie, kids. (laughs) No, I I convinced my dad to take take my brother and I to see that movie in theaters because we'd seen the first RoboCop, and my dad was like, "Yeah, they did all right with that." The second RoboCop (laughs) is considerably more violent than the first RoboCop, and somebody gets blown apart. I mean, the first one, yeah. That's what I'm saying. In the first one, oh. Peter Peter Weller's death in the first one is very violent. Yeah. The second one, I feel, is actually more gruesome and violent than the first one. We'll have
0: to do that. We'll have to say coming soon on that one for sure. I, no doubt, <laughs> at, at least number three. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what about
3: a RoboCop three? Two,
0: two, and three coming soon. <laughs> um. We gotta up our dead wrestler count, or dead, you know, what people on the show (laughs) to eleven because the junkyard dog comes out for an interview. Um, This actually provides, though, my favorite part of the whole show because Jim (laughs) Cornette interrupts and he says, "Where you been, anyway? Where you been? You ain't been in this goddamn, this damn company. Where you been, junkyard dog?" And he's like, "I've been at," and then he says like the address, and then Jim Cornette like pauses or something. He's like, "Hey." That's my mama's house! (laughs) (laughs) The junkyard dog basically like, I've been fucking your mama.
1: Yep. (laughs) He does say I'm your daddy.
0: He does say I'm your daddy.
3: (laughs) Only JYD, man. Where have you been the past several years, huh? Where have you been since you left the NWA? We've been out there winning matches. The
4: Midnight Express has been winning titles. Where have you been, huh? Where have I been? I've been at 845... D-Berry Street in Louisville, Kentucky. You know where that is?
3: That's my mother's house! That's what I'm saying. I'm at it. Wait a
1: minute! Wait a minute! I took note of some of the, some of the more interesting signs. Uh, oh, so did I, yes. There was one in the last match where someone had a sign proclaiming that Jesus loved wrestlers. Isn't that wholesome? Wow. And you said this is in Washington, in, right? Washington. But you know what? In all fairness... Um, uh, wrestling, uh, a big hit with Baptists all around the world. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, a lot of wrestlers are quote unquote religious. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They find him much later. Uh, we got another tag team match. Um, again, (laughs) thankfully not the Samoan SWAT team again. Uh, this is a (laughs) corporal punishment match. And it is the Rock and Roll Express taking on the fabulous Freebirds of Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Quite possibly two of the better heels in history. Like, I think they just, as the Freebirds,
1: I think they're fantastic heels. And I think the, uh, the makeup lady who worked uh, for Michael Hayes was also the one who did the mic- makeup for Tony Schiavone. <laughs> well, I think Hayes <laughs> always had that, like, really heavy eye
0: makeup, too, back in the day. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't surprise me. He was, he was me. doing that glam rocker thing,
1: right? Right. I, I'll say this Michael Hayes might have looked like a guy from, you know, like White Snake or one of those, you know, cheesy hair bands from the 80s. Yeah. But um, Jimmy Jam looks just kind of like that skeezy uncle, you know, that's in a that cover band. <laughs> Well, you know, Michael's
0: bringing up through the bringing up th- him up uh, through the charts. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. Just don't, just, you know, I do, see- just don't say what I said to Mark Henry,
1: right? <laughs> um, looks like he should be on a list or something. <laughs>
0: They they mentioned at one point there's a guy in the front row they mentioned is the official, like, magazine, the the guy in charge of the WCW magazine, and he's, like, yelling at Michael Hayes, and I said, that is poor journalism. He should not be showing favoritism. (laughs) That man should be removed from the press corps at once. Take his microphone.
1: They do some – there is actually some good, um, you know, uh, fan – uh, interaction and jaw jacking uh, in this one and in the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the coming matches, they really did start working the crowd, which was nice to see. Well,
0: I th- yeah, and I think it's also because we're starting to get into st- into the stuff here where you have really strong heels uh, coming into these yeah. matches. Freebirds yeah. are, I mean, that's most of their matches is crowd work. as As good as they are, as good as this match, like this match is solid, but I mean, a lot of it is like them just anti- antagonizing the crowd.
1: Um, well, there was one old guy, I think, in this one who actually wanted to like fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Hayes. And I yep. was like, oh, my God, the rubes are, are so thick in this <laughs> the That old dude got <laughs> right up to the guard. What what they called the guardrail.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not much was stopping him. <laughs> uh, JR also spends a lot of this match reminiscing about the times he got beat up by his
1: parents. <laughs> Yes, there's a lot of beating kids remarks in this uh, in this match
3: that Jim Ross felt really proud to have gone through. In life.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, "That's my badge honor. I got taken to the woodshed." But remember when we were talking about in *Suburban Commando*, where we were making people were making jokes about how going into the '90s that the world was becoming "quote unquote" softer, more politically mm-hmm. correct. This is obviously them doing that same kind of jab. Yeah. We're tough. Yeah, you y'all kids
0: ain't. Yeah, everything was better when I was younger. <laughs> Back when we ran up our credit cards. <laughs> uh, so this match, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this. I don't have a lot to say. Do you
1: guys have any notes about this match? It was a cool double figure four. Yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they th- they were speculating that someone might have lost a tooth. I was also shocked to find out that an elbow drop was considered a high-impact maneuver. But not enough to trigger the slam-o-meter. No, no. Well, NA, because it's, it's, it's
3: an it's elbow drop. It's a drop, not a yeah. slam.
0: Um, so this match uh, is 18 minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, comes to an end when Ricky Morton comes off the top rope and does a sunset flip onto Michael Hayes and pins him. Also, this uh, match was a corporal punishment match, so they were able to use straps on each other as well. Yeah. Um, Michael Hayes at one point punches one of them in the face, and it was so good; like <laughs> he just crumpled. Like it was, it was, a, it was a great spot. Um, I think this is about a three and a half
1: for me.
3: Yeah. Give it more of a 3, honestly.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going more siding with Ryan on this one. Um it's I guess in comparison to the, you know, Pelman uh Zank match from before, that I mean they're both really good, but I honestly I I feel that the the former was the, the, the better of the two.
3: I, th- I think if the straps are going to come to play a uh, more built like a bigger build. They up. didn't
1: focus. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't factor in as much mm-hmm. as you would hope they would in, in a match like mm-hmm. this. They uh, and like you said, the the finish didn't even involve them. It was it was uh, into a roll. Yeah. So yeah. I, I
0: do like I do appreciate that they did a di- totally different kind of tag match than the other one, though. Like uh, that one was like a very much like the Pillman and Zeke match was a lot of high spots and it was crisp action and everything. And it was pretty much nonstop where this one was more about like the psychology and the crowd work and the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, baby face in peril getting worked over for most of the match type deal. So I do appreciate how all the matches on this card are like at least different. Um, Yeah. But anyway, uh, that being said, yes. So the rock and roll express win. Um, We then go to an interview with the world's strongest man. (laughs) <laughs> Doug, Doug Furnas, <laughs> and I, he's just rambling. Oh, by the way, we should talk about. Yeah, he's he's a great worker, but just
3: like a oh, oh, yeah, poor, just, nervous guy, just,
0: just not a good promo. Um, he just. It, by the way, throughout this show, they've been rambling about Lex Luger because Luger's in the main event, and apparently they keep saying he's hurt. <laughs> just got out of the hospital. Just got out of the hospital. Hundred and
3: three fever.
0: Did this not yeah. remind you of WrestleMania Nine when they kept talking about how Bret Hart was like assaulted by Luger at the luncheon or whatever?
1: They're like, oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but, yeah, they like to get Luger involved in these all-day injury angles. But, yeah, they keep saying, so Doug Furness is like, man, I don't know. Luger is hurt, but he's going to come back, and I think he's going to do great. And then Sting comes in and basically says the same thing. By the way, Sting, why didn't you bring Robocop back out? That that should have been heel heat right there. Um, but we go to the penultimate match of the of the night. We have the regular world tag team titles. Uh, the Steiner brothers defending against Doom, which is the team of yeah. Ron Simmons yeah. and Butch Reed, again managed by Teddy Long. We've been seeing a lot of him tonight.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, you, you got Teddy Long, you use him, uh, at least until he has however many strokes that made him make everything a tag team match. Holler, holler, <laughs> play player, if you hear me.
3: One on one with the Undertaker, yeah. Um,
1: with Doug Furnas and
3: Butch Reed,
0: that brings the final uh, dead people on this show count to thirteen. Mm. Which yeah, which was lower than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have Steiner's and Doom. This is also, by the way, that old that old dude um wants to fight Butch
1: Reed in this match too. <laughs> yes, and there's all, even a kid doing some of uh, the. Yeah. So I'm yelling at them as well. <laughs> this match, these teams are
0: beating the hell out of each other.
3: I know. Oh, uh, This was I great. Would I would expect was... nothing oh, less. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. There are some stiff shots. There is a pile driver where instead of just falling back, Rick Steiner just drops to his knees like a reverse tombstone. That mm-hmm. looked brutal. <laughs> like, miss that by one inch, and you just ended his career.
3: Just seeing a, a- Peak Scott Steiner, German suplex. Oh, oh great yeah. stuff. Yeah, hmm. this,
0: these guys are just throwing each other around. Um, I do like, I will defend also, as kind of dumb as it as it seems at the time, the over the, so there's a rule back then in WCW slash NWA mm-hmm. where if you intentionally throw someone over the top rope, it's a disqualification. It's kind, it's, it's kind of silly, but it also allows for some cool spots where the referee is distracted, and it's an easy way for the heels to gain an advantage. Like just throwing someone over the top rope when the ref's back is turned and you can be like, oh,
1: what a dastardly move. So I think that I think that's all right. I, I was never I was never a fan of it. I remember that uh, seeing hearing that or seeing that um, on again, one of those late night episodes and it's like. That's that's the dumbest thing I've ever Even as a kid, I thought it was so stupid.
3: Well, keep in mind, like, your only outlet is, like, WWF at the time. Like, that's your only Fair. point of reference yeah. for a lot of things with wrestling. So when you see something a little bit different, even that, as a concept, like, that's a little bit odd. But that yeah. does play in for them to do, like, different spots for, like, interference and all yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I like. I don't like when they, do, when they use that for the fucking dusty finish. Where they would yeah. do that, and then the referee would count, and then wake up and be like, wait a second. They threw you over the top rope before I counted to three, that's a DQ, or whatever. Now he was
3: champion now, but next TV, oh, vacated the title because (laughs) yeah, exactly.
0: Um, But I think yeah, I think in this match it 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 allows for some cool spots, some cool heel spots. Um, This apparently, by the way, so Doom uh, does end up winning the titles here. Uh, Reed Mm -hmm. and Butch Butch Reed and Rick Steiner on the top rope, and. I believe, yeah, Ron Simmons like pushes them over and Reed just like fucking lands this. on him and gets the three count. Nineteen minutes, fourteen seconds. Um this apparently was like a gigantic upset. Like the people at the time were not like this would be like, I don't know, the Hart Foundation losing the titles to like the killer bees. Like people were just like, What? Or the Rockers. Or well, I think the Rockers <laughs> Yeah. Well that did happen kind
3: of. <laughs> Well, apparently it was supposed to go for the the Samoan SWAT team, but they missed the taping, so they had to put Doom in place. Oh, so
0: that means we would have had Doom and uh, Tommy Rich and fucking Mike Rotunda. (laughs) I don't know if that would have been that much better. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I think this is another really good match, and I think I would actually
1: give this Mm. another four. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I... I... (sighs) I go. I'm going three and a half. I mean, the match was its itself was good. It was cool to see uh, again these guys before they really went on to the you know kind of what we remember them as now.
3: Ron Simmons, but the being the damn guy and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back when he was like, man, he was a pretty good worker back then and a good promo besides damn. Yeah.
1: And, and really good. Um, I I, just, I don't know the that that simple. Miscommunication, double team finish to me. I I would have liked to have seen something uh bigger um out of either one of them for that finish. I mean they do this. They have the Steiner lines a couple times. We, again we see we got to see the Frankensteiner. They uh, Doom does that um uh, that that jumping clothes line. So I mean there's there's lots of like big moves that they could use to make the flourish of this match seem a little bit bigger. And I guess not knowing the uh, the fact that there it was considered such an upset at the time, is why when I saw it, I was like, man, eh, it's it's good, it's three and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm just the only, my only disappointment
0: with this whole match is that we didn't get their WWF music, where it was like la, 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 la,
1: la. <laughs> University <laughs> of Michigan
0: theme or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Doom wins, and they're celebrating like uh, like crazy. They're doing a post-match interview with Teddy Long. I think they actually... Who invites Jim
1: Hurd to a party.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think the crowd is actually pretty friggin' shocked. Like, they're not... They're kind of reacting, but they're also just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Our beloved Steiners have lost. Um, but they're, yeah, they're having a good time. Anyway, we cut away from that because it's time for the main event. We have uh Ric Flair defending the world's heavyweight title against Lex Luger. Who's that walking to the ring with Ric Flair? She looks familiar. It's Nancy. Sullivan. Oh, what's she doing now?
1: <laughs> you you should add to that uh, that count. Uh,
0: yeah, that's one right it, there. Is yes. uh, Is she? Uh, no.
1: The count, the Nancy co- one, two, three. Nancy Sullivan, yeah, Nancy,
0: yeah, Kevin's wife. I'm sure she's,
1: yeah, yeah. She's not, not okay, no, no, not okay. No, oh,
0: okay, well, that's a that's a fourteen then.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: but she's woman. She's woman here. Which mm-hmm. uh, who yeah. came up with that fucking name? Honestly, like they couldn't come up with anything better than woman. I
1: don't know, man, but she she took that rate till you know she was done wrestling. Yeah. Even when she was an ECW, they, they she was woman. Not that she wasn't good, but I mean,
0: I just I'm not a fan of that of that name at all.
3: It's a pretty generic name,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but Ric Flair's out there with Woman. He's fighting Lex Luger. Um, not the most subtle blade job from Ric Flair. Oh my god, it's no. so
1: egregious. <laughs> It's like either who, why couldn't someone in, the, in production be like, no, cut to another camera. We can see what he's doing. We literally have him getting walloped. His head gets walloped into the ring post. He goes right
0: down. His hands go right up to it, underneath his head. He gets up. Ah! It's just like blood all over his forehead. <laughs> uh,
1: woman is is actually uh, ejected from the the match because she has an international object uh in her gloves
0: yes yes oh. and we see it kind of too close i think i think the camera cut in too close because we can clearly see it's like a piece of like toilet paper <laughs> um there are there are also some fans in the crowd with like lex luger body art <laughs> Jesus, yes i have
1: the lex uh guys <laughs> They spell there's four of them, so they spelled Lex and one of them is the exclamation boy. And then the other one is a woman beside
0: them who will not have sex with any of them.
1: Right. (laughs) I just if you look at that cut, the woman is just looking at them like, no, no. (laughs) Uh we do get some really classic flare stuff in this match. Uh Mm -hmm. one of them being for me anyways the that whip into the post, up and over, runs down. Comes off, gets hit, goes for the flop. That exchange for me is ah, oh, it's so perfect and so vintage flair.
0: I gotta say too, nineteen ninety Lex Luger was
1: motivated. Like yeah. this oh is God, yeah. this is prime Luger and colorblind and colorblind. <laughs> those those fucking sh- trunks of his. Oh yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's it's just such a far cry from watching like Luger like later on in his career even in the WWF in like the mid 90s like we see him moving fast around that ring he's selling he's doing some like some great power stuff to match with Flair's uh you know Flair doing Flair um yeah. they have good chemistry I think together in the ring as well cuz I think
3: probably back then for him he was thinking great things are coming for me ahead like I'm going like if it's like after Sting like I'll probably be the next one in line yep.
0: Yeah. SummerSlam 93 is going to be my moment in the WWF, that's oh, okay. for sure. And
1: have we said this match is a cage match? It,
0: yes, in the sense that yeah. it's a WCW.
1: They are league. in a cage, yeah. yes. The, because the idea in this situation is not to escape the cage like like the way we see cage matches now, where you escape and the match is done. It's not even No Holds no. Barred. No, it's not. It's a standard match. Where the cage is in place just to keep out, you know, players like the horseman and woman from interfering in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. This match is a regular match that would go to a pinfall, submission or disqualification, Yep. Um, which is honestly to me at this point is such a foreign idea. But apparently that was the standard until the WWF entered with Old Bluey. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, to me, too, because, I, I mean, when we get to this finish here, I was surprised, but then obviously, you know, realizing why. <laughs> but uh, uh, the um, – so the horsemen do try to interfere, and Sting comes in to, like – Sting comes in to, like, stop them, and then we get the debuting El Gigante. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Robocop. It well, was Robocop? There was – <laughs> there were three other horsemen.
1: Are you telling me Robocop couldn't come help? I have my note right here. Is where's a Robocop when you need one? Well, I mean, if it is yeah. Peter Weller, <laughs> if it is Peter Weller, we know he's not going to bump. So
0: there's the pro- first problem right there. He's yeah. not going to do any actual wrestling moves. Um, did you guys also notice that Sid looked really uncomfortable just standing there, not really
1: quite sure what he was supposed to do? I think that's just Sid's default setting, though. <laughs> Just just uncomfortable. Not sure what I should be doing. The only time he doesn't look like that is the softball field. Oh, <laughs> he does love his softball.
0: It just looks like um, when you're playing like uh, when you're playing like uh, WWE 16 or whatever, and the other player just leaves the room.
1: <laughs> They're kind of just standing there. Uh. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> or if you're playing online and clearly the person playing, like, their network crashed, so you're just, like, beating the shit out of the guy, and you're like, wait a second, they're not countering anything. <laughs> uh, so this, uh, yeah, so the horsemen try to interfere. Sting and El DeGonte, uh make the save, prevent, prevent them from getting in. However, Jim Ross does note, well, wait a second, where's Barry Windham? <laughs> Barry Windham is hiding underneath the ring, and just as Luger... I think, No, gets he's not. <laughs> they with... get the cage up, and he yeah, rolls and he just in runs under in. the bottom. Right, Ole Anderson gets to the cage controls and lifts it up a little bit so
1: Barry Windham can slide in.
0: I thought he was underneath at first, though. No,
1: no, they lifted, okay. they got it up uh, so he could slide under, mm-hmm. and then they lowered it again. And then, of and then, course, yeah. the whole the whole schmas happens in the ring while uh, Sting and El Gigante are trying to wrestle, if you'll pardon the pun—well, not even really a pun—the controls away from Ole Anderson so they could raise the cage and get in to help their buddy Lex.
0: Yeah, so Barry ends up attacking Luger when he has flare up for the torture rack, I believe, and that yes, causes the, that the disqualification. Right, because he—I
1: yeah. uh, he, think uh, either Coddle or. Uh, Jim Ross say that he, he had him beat in, in the rack when uh, when Wyndham interfered. 17 minutes, 24 seconds. Hmm. What do you guys think about this one? Um, I'd say, you know what, if I'm going with just a, a, a straight match, it would have been like a three, like just for the action. But I mean, given all the stuff they tie into it with, uh, you know, Luger and uh, Sting and Flair and the Four Horsemen, it just, in my understanding is kind of like this is kind of like the beginning stages of the Horsemen as well, or had they been um, established for a while at that vi- point?
3: For a few years, this was like a new iteration of them. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So, because I know they were, they had made some sort of uh, some mention about, you know, uh, maybe it was a reforming or a, a, or a rebranding or remaking of them. But so, because of all the the, I guess the historical stuff and the way they tie everything into the uh, the stories, I'd probably put this one up to probably a four.
0: Okay
3: yeah likewise too um I, you can never get really have a bad Ric flair Lex Luger match they have really good chemistry and this is probably one of their best ones uh personally I'm not a f- full fan of like DQ finishes like this and especially for Lex it always just like he's get that stink of like his characters like he's gonna be going ahead but he always loses at the very last uh Opportunity or and stuff if like that.
1: Not it's a hollow victory like this Call one. Hollow victories. Like, it's yep, a DQ. Exactly. It's uh, the the same the count out with Yokozuna.
3: But no, yeah, this the, is a really but count- it's still a good start for the storyline for that uh new form for the horseman because that's the start of like Oli being phased out for Barry to come in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what 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 is your uh what oh. is your rating here?
3: Also four. I did say oh, okay. four.
0: Uh, I'm gonna say three and a half and go a little bit below, but um, the DQ did kind of take a little bit of the steam out of it for me, um, not like a whole lot. And then the match was solid, but I feel like I've also seen like a match between these two that was b- even better. So hmm. it was it was just a. Um, tiny step below so three and a half is what I'm, I'm gonna go with um and then we get a big schmoz at the end after this because sting and El get into the cage save luger Flair is like celebrating on the mic and sting just like runs over and wallops them and they just start brawling that was nice uh, yeah that was a good <laughs> moment egante helps him, and we pretty much just cut away from the chaos and jr and get to it, the...
1: it notes that there will be an investigation there will be an investigation into who was
0: controlling the cage. <laughs>
1: Damn it, Anderson. You give that back. That doesn't belong to you.
0: <laughs> you give me those controls back. They don't belong <laughs> to you. You ought to be
1: ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm going to melt these cage controls
0: into a chain around my neck. What? That don't make no sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Capital <laughs> Combat. Capital Combat. The return, the return of, of Robo-Cup. Robo-Cup.
0: Now, guys, I know we usually have a couple categories. I altered them just a little bit for the occasion. All right, guys, so here we go. So, Ryan, would you say, judging uh, based on this event, would you buy a ticket and go see this in person? Would you order the pay per view? Would you download it on a shady BitTorrent site? Or would you body slam this through the Pontiac Superdome? <laughs> Yes, I did say Superdome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, to be back in 1990, probably at the age of five. Why not just buy a ticket back then?
0: Oh wow, full praise. All right,
1: <laughs> I, I I'm putting my VPN on and downloading this through a shady torrent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, it's like it's hard to say. If I was just looking at this card, I'd be like, okay, Flair, Luger, Steiner's Doom. Looks like there might be some good action in the rest of it. I don't know if I want to pay. What would have been the price back then? Like twenty bucks. I
1: don't know. It's
2: sure.
1: Twenty-five, maybe. <sighs> yeah, it's you're not looking at like Madison Square Garden prices. It is at the Armories, after all. With only seven thousand five
3: hundred <laughs> people and all that. So yeah, these were. I mean, it, different. It, it, these were different times.
1: I don't believe in nineteen ninety.
0: My bank account uh, was that. Uh, was that big as i was four years old but (laughs) if it would have been maybe i would have ordered the pay-per-view i think i'll go with that
1: yeah
0: all right there we go well we don't have a whole lot left to go but we are going to take a bit of a break and uh we will be right back
4: Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random, mm-hmm. and then we just watch it, and we talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Music. That's mm-hmm. the big one, music. <laughs> uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller yes. of the podcast round. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. we everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say, <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> all that good, fun stuff. <laughs> well- <laughs> You <laughs>
2: don't,
4: don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry, but this is going kind of long. Yes, yeah, so we'll end this and say, Hey, check out the home video hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.
2: What were they thinking?
1: And we're back. Yes, we are back.
0: Yes, indeed. And it is now time. With a low haiku.
1: Yes, the low haiku. 17 perfect syllables to describe the wrestling pay-per-view we've been talking about.
3: Indubitably.
1: Ryan, would you like to read
0: your low oh, haiku? Sure.
3: Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's get this started. Alright, thank you for coming, everyone. <clears throat> tag in, tag out. Yeah. That is the name of the show. Needs more RoboCop. Thank you, thank
1: you. I think it needs more Robocop. Very good, very, very good.
0: Nathan, would you like to read
1: yours? Yes. Hey, it's the Stinger. The return of Robocop. Pay per view garbage. I think it's garbage too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Some solid matches. Uh-oh. Never mind that shit. Here comes RoboCop. Thank you. I really wish Mongo would have showed up. Mm, me too. It would have been great. Blazing RoboCop. RoboCop saddles. And we're out! And proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. So normally, this is the moment where I would say... <laughs> Hey, don't take our word for it, but we don't go to Rotten Tomatoes. This is not a uh, this is not a a film. This is not rated on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're going to go ahead and skip that.
1: So, but next no, segment, you, you totally take our word for it. This, <laughs> Just, I yeah, I, my, I I would I would turn the VPN on, VPN on. Brendan would buy the pay review, and Ryan would go see the show. But thankfully now all you have to do
0: is order the WWE network. That's the WWE Network, the award winning WWE <laughs> Network eleven ninety nine in Canada. Maybe it's ten ninety nine, I don't
1: know. No, uh, I think it's a I think it's up to eleven now. You know what? The uh the the ten year exclusivity with Rogers contract, that's up in three years. Well, it'll probably be hmm. done by that point then. I sur- I just hope that it goes to more of like an over the top model, w- where you're using the app like they do in the U S. right now. But apparently they're transitioning over to like Peacock or something. Yep. Yeah, that's weird.
0: So Nathan, you uh, you want to
1: ask us anything about what we've been doing? No, nah, you know, it's, it's, you, like like are you, stop it, Jesus, this not a fucking Family Guy bit. <laughs> <laughs> Now only wait, his you can tell him, dog can wait, hear him. <laughs> Just uh wanna know how you guys are staying in, staying safe and you know, of course, with the TVs on. What are you what you watching, bud?
0: Yeah, Ryan, what you watching, bud?
3: Well uh, Bud, uh remember last time we we're talking about uh streaming and all the binging, but uh seeing all the wave and wave of Simpsons t shirts in this uh in the show just maybe just like pull out my DVDs and just going through so many, so many classic Simpsons memories. Mm. I was curious if you guys have any Simpsons memories, like any cool episodes or anything favorite.
1: Frank uh, Grimes.
0: That's probably my favorite episode ever, yeah. honestly. Because mm-hmm. I know that episode is so divisive. I think that's maybe also why I love it.
3: Well, it's a great experiment of like a real person in the yeah. Simpsons world. That's what I love about it. I, I
1: love uh, that, that, uh, the fact that they have like, There's just no celebrity guests.
3: Yeah. It was originally going to be for William H. Macy, but they gave it to Hank.
1: That would have been good, though.
0: I will say William H. Macy would have been good. Um, My actual favorite Simpsons memory is, I don't even know what episode, what the whole episode was, but my favorite memory was as a child because when I watched it as a child, my mom was like, yeah i guess you can watch it it's fine eh, whatever <laughs> and then but then one time she walked by and heard a little snippet of an episode where bart was saying like you know oh it's a beautiful day millhouse the birds are out the bees are trying to have sex with them at least from what as i'm is my under- Yes. yeah as is my understanding my mom turned that TV off immediately.
3: <laughs> that is a far cry from even been 1990 where the big controversy with Bart was just like, bastard, 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 bastard.
1: I think that episode was the one where him and, and Milhouse coughed.
3: Yes. Yeah. That's or no, Bart did, but Milhouse rants because it was like something, but it turned out to be PE day or PE sign-up day. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: because if he didn't get there, it'd be TS for him and TS yes. stood for tethered swimming. <laughs>
0: I yeah, so, right. so that 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 ended that for like I don't know a week, and then I just watched it again. <laughs> um, what about what about uh, what about you, Nathan? What you watching, Bud?
1: Well, you know, I've uh, I've actually taken to watching a a fun again another fun little CBC, um, show, uh, the Republic of Doyle. Uh, oh, I okay. I I had kind of watched through Monk and psych. So that was that was what I was watching way before we started doing this segment. I've watched through those a couple times. I'm like, I gotta find another show that's like that. But I don't want something like super grim or serious. I want that it's you know, where it's kind of a comedic police procedural detective show. So this one set in Newfoundland um and so it's it's all canadian uh it was a great moment in one of the episodes where they jumped into a car and i was like oh sweet a newfoundland car chase this is gonna be great and then they threw it into reverse and backed into another car and i was like yep the newfoundland car chase
3: that show has someone that starred in a wrestling related movie that you and i went to uh yes was filmed in newfoundland and we were the only ones in that theater
1: is it the Roddy Piper Jesus movie? No, no, it was oh, okay. it was beat down, yeah. with uh, oh. uh, Rob Wells was in it. But you're thinking of the guy who was actually the villain in the uh, in the movie. He, uh, he, yeah, he plays kind of a a villain type guy on the Republic of Doyle as well. I'll just say this: that Roddy Piper Jesus movie is a coming soon
0: for sure, because <laughs> it does not understand what wrestling is at all. Okay. There's literally a scene where. Roddy Piper or the guy in the in the movie goes over to have, like, his comeback match. And Roddy Piper is like, all right, so here's how the match is going to go. And the guy's like, no, no, hold on. He's like, we're not going to do this planning ahead thing. We're just going to let the best man win. And I'm like, that's not how pro wrestling works. Nope. <laughs> also, why did Roddy Piper just stand there and be like, yep, that's that's fine. That sounds good. This script is perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. And then it was also like on the verge of being like a pure flicks movie too. Okay. So it's like that mixed with not understanding wrestling. It's a, it's a doozy. All right. Well, other than that, uh, what are you watching, bud? Yeah, I haven't been watching that lately, but I went to go <laughs> see that at the theater for free, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched a David Cronenberg movie that I had never seen. Um, <laughs> actually from only from, I think 2014 it's called maps to the stars. And it's a really bizarre little movie. It's got, like, Julianne Moore, John Cusack. Um, I didn't know that was a Cronenberg <laughs> flick. Yeah, it's a Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Um, so, basically, it's about, like, Hollywood and, like, young ac- – especially, like, under the POV of, like, a young actor, um, like a child actor. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a movie I watch – And I can safely say that David Cronenberg is not a fan of the Hollywood system uh, based on this movie. It is very scathing. Uh, It gets suddenly very violent without warning, um, as as you would expect maybe in a Cronenberg movie. Uh, It gets very weird. Um, That I would expect in a Cronenberg movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, The narrative is a little crazy, but it's not that hard to follow. It's easier to follow than I thought uh but yeah maps to the stars is what i would recommend it's a uh it's a very strange very dark and very funny david cronenberg movie okay but that being said ryan thank you once again for joining us on this program
3: no problem anytime
0: once again where can they find you
3: oh uh, if you want to see me posting random nerdy stuff online you can go follow me on twitter at at slacker writer
0: there you go would Montrose like to say any words uh, sure. before we close things out?
1: Just one second. <clears throat> Hello, it's
2: me! <laughs> Who the Hello.
1: hell do you think you are? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I am Montrose Monkington Third, Esquire. <sighs> Except no imitation. I'm uh,
0: sorry, it's just me, Minnie Monkington.
1: Awful. He's, it's terrible. Anyhow. look,
0: I wait for you at home, sugar.
1: I, I will be alerting Milosh um to be following me home to protect me on that one. Uh Bye. Goodbye <laughs> Sorry about that, Montrose. Please continue. Well you know what you know what they say, chimps be crazy. Um I am Montrose Munkington the third, Esquire. Uh, I would like to invite you all to my uh, YouTube channel uh, Montrose Monkington TV Uh, there's a a, a veritable back catalogue of things to watch especially if you you do like the the wrestling and if you listen to this entire episode you obviously do Uh, where where I uh, I would review match by match uh, for the last few years I'm taking a bit of hiatus uh, different things to come in 2021 uh, but but do go to YouTube Montrose Monkington TV Uh, you can also be friends with me on Facebook uh, the Facebook group Montrose Monkington the 3rd Esquire and friends and finally you may also tweet at me on the Twitter box at Montrose the 3rd number three R D. thank you more later Ryan as always nice to see you
3: nice to see you too
1: you're garbage Brandon garbage absolute garbage <laughs> what about Nathan you're always riding him oh no he's perfectly fine nice chap actually he's way better beard than yours
0: uh <laughs> Well, that's going to do it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook; just search for "What Were They Thinking." You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast, Patreon dot com slash WWTT Podcast. Search for us on Redbubble, T Public, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. So, I guess I just have maybe a few questions.
1: You can actually send them right towards Ryan because he is the he's the <laughs> the absolute uh, guru on this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, all right,
0: so okay, go ahead. On. Okay, well, I mean, in a in a wrestling event, where we're promised RoboCop and he only shows up for two and a half minutes, um, in, in an event, I mean, he's on the poster, guys. Right. I mean, no, you don't understand. It is called Capital Combat: The Return of RoboCop. What mm-hmm. is this? An asylum movie? He's barely okay. Compose and in a wrestling of no I want to talk more about RoboCop All where right. the hell was RoboCop in that main event and another thing enough with this false advertising if you say the return of RoboCop I want him I I ah! what were they thinking